I'm Jo Dawson-Gerrard and on today's Back Your People, I'm talking to Heather Lunny from our employment team about managing employees who are under the influence of drugs or alcohol at work. During this podcast, we have a chat about what the law says and what you can do practically to handle this. If you like this podcast, please rate, review and follow. And if there are any subjects you would like us to cover, please do email us on the email address in the show notes. And as ever, thanks so much for listening. We do appreciate it. So Heather, when I was thinking of a topic for this webinar, I was drawn to looking at the impact of drugs and alcohol on employees in safety critical roles, such as drivers. And the reason was that because I saw some rather alarming statistics. So for example, apparently the number of drug driving offences has doubled since 2017. I think that was in the UK or certainly England and Wales. And I also found out that 27% of employers are saying that drug misuse is a problem at work, while 60% have experienced problems due to staff drinking alcohol. Is this something that's coming across your desk regularly, Heather? It is, unfortunately. And considering one third of all serious and fatal road collisions involve someone who's driving for work, you can see why. In terms of the two areas we really need to look at this, I suppose, one, the criminal aspect, which we will touch on, it's not our specialism, but I think it would be a miss not to mention it at all. And then I think we need to look at the HR side of it. So hasn't the government recently changed its approach in respect of this, Heather? They have. What they've effectively done, Joe, is increase the penalties for offences. And I think, you know, the reason that they've done that is that they recognise the magnitude and severe increase in drug driving offences being committed. Death by dangerous driving offences committed after June 22, the maximum penalty is now life imprisonment, whereas previously it was 14 years. Causing death by careless driving whilst under the influence of drink and drugs, again, the maximum penalty is now life imprisonment. Okay, and there's a new offence, isn't there, that's been created? There is a new offence, and that's causing serious injury by careless or inconsiderate driving. And depending on which court it's decided in, whether it's decided summarily or on indictment... Mm -hmm. Technical legal stuff. Yeah, (laughs) the, the sanctions are... 12 months imprisonment or a fine or both yeah or if it's on indictment two years or a fine or both i see so they really have strengthened the, the punishment they have yes so in terms of so that's the criminal side very quick overview there for people obviously it'd be far more complicated in real life but in terms of the hr or employment side where does one start i think you've got to look at as an employer being obviously committed to providing a safe, productive working environment for everybody. That's obvious. And that includes ensuring all your staff are fit to carry out the job safely and effectively. And in an environment which is free from alcohol and drugs, there's a number of ways in which to do that. And the starting point is having a clear drug and alcohol policy. What kind of things does that policy contain? That will set out, obviously, obligations on on staff, particularly those that are working in safety-critical roles. So that would include all drivers and that they're expected to arrive at work fit to carry out the jobs and perform the duties safely. Really interesting because it's such a grey, wide area. Mm. Arrive at work. So... 
what happens if they've been drinking the night before or drinking that morning or taking drugs during those periods of time. It's complicated, isn't it? it? It's very difficult because obviously take alcohol, for instance, if you've consumed a significant amount the night before, Mm -hmm. yes, you haven't drunk on the morning of work, but it's likely that you will still be under the influence the following morning. So it's putting the onus on the employees to take responsibility for that and make sure that they regulate the alcohol intake. For instance, over a weekend before they're due back at work on a Monday morning. Perhaps don't drink Sunday night. Exactly. I suppose the best way of managing that is to implement some form of drugs and alcohol testing. Can you do that as an employer? You can, and it's something that we would recommend is in place. Now, whether you engage a reputable testing agency, for Mm -hmm. instance, a third party, or whether you have certain managers trained internally and you have the kits available to do it yourself, I think that's probably more common. Are you thinking a regular testing schedule or spot testing or what? So generally, there's four circumstances where testing will take place. And this will be in your policy? It would be, yes. So you'd have pre-employment screening. Any successful candidate in an interview process, you could subject them to screening for drugs and alcohol prior to them being employed. And your policy may say a candidate who refuses won't be employed. Anyone who tests positive won't be employed next you would have for cause or suspicion yeah testing so you know if anybody a manager or supervisor for instance has cause to suspect that a person might be unfit for work or is under the influence of drugs and or alcohol maybe they could smell a beer on him or something yeah then you should have arrangements for cause testing thirdly the most common one would be post-accident So any employees involved in an accident, whether that's in the warehouse or out on the road, you know, depending on the circumstances, police may get involved in testing. But you would follow up any incidents with post-accident testing just to check that there's no reason to suspect that drugs or alcohol were involved. And fourthly, random unannounced testing. And that's probably the most effective to act as a deterrent for employees coming to work potentially unfit. I think it's important just to point out that the testing should be entirely random, unannounced and have some mythology of selecting. So whether it's, you know, a computer generated, it picks out just a payroll number, for instance. So you're not even identified by name, but by a payroll number. So that's the least discriminatory way to do it isn't it and there can be no arguments that people are being picked on what do you do if someone refuses to be tested (laughs) (laughs) i'm not having a test or she won't let you but in terms of if an employee refuses to be tested generally you would want your policy to set out that any refusal will be subject to disciplinary action and potential dismissal. And I think it's almost treated the same as if they had tested positive. My view is that if someone is refusing to comply with a testing request, there's generally a reason for that. And it's likely that they don't want or they know potentially that they are going to test positive and they want to avoid that. 
So it doesn't get them. And I think your policy needs to make clear just because they're refused, which they are entitled to do. You can't force anybody to undergo testing, but they are not off the hook. Big red flag though, isn't Mm. it? So what other things does the policy contain? You can have things such as what you consider a positive criteria. So in terms of drugs, generally would be any trace of illegal drugs. And what you generally have is a process where the company may do the initial test in-house using a kit. Mm -hmm. And then if that tests positive or returns a positive result, you would then send that off for third-party laboratory testing to confirm the accuracy of that test. In the meantime, again, this would all be set out in your policy, that employee should be stood down from work on paid suspension in most scenarios. You would also cover what, if any, support you're willing to provide to employees. So making it clear that if an employee came forward voluntarily and disclosed a problem with drugs or alcohol, what support is in place for those employees and what potential steps you would take to support that employee having disclosed a problem to you. You've got to make clear that they can't disclose a problem. It's not a defence post-testing. The support would be there if they came to you before a problem arose. So Does that make sense? Absolutely. So say I was picked out in a random drugs test Mm. And it turned out that test was positive. And I said, oh, I'm addicted to something. Yeah. That would not be a defence. Not in most cases, if the policy is made clear that actually, if you have a problem, you've to come to us to disclose it before we find out on a positive test. I think the other point to know, which we always talk about, is obviously education and training, making sure that employees are aware of your policies that they're trained on them that your managers are sufficiently trained in you know the testing procedures and also knowing when to spot signs of potential drug and alcohol misuse or you know being unfit things like alcohol it can be generally more obvious than perhaps a drug issue so heather practically what do you do if whichever testing route you have followed a test has been taken and an employee has tested positive. In terms of the process, if somebody does test positive, then they would generally be suspended from work immediately. As a reasonable employer, if it's either drug or drink related, make arrangements to escort those employees home or ensure that they can get home safely. Now, whether that's arranging a lift for them, arranging a taxi. You're obviously not going to let them drive home, but get them home on suspension pending an investigation. And then you would follow your normal disciplinary process in terms of that investigation and disciplinary hearing. Generally, a positive test result would result in gross misconduct dismissal. Now, obviously, there may be circumstances or situations where the employee does raise some form of mitigation. Um, Uh And you do obviously have to take each case on its own facts. But in the majority of cases, it would result in dismissal. 
And then I suppose the other thing we need to think about is it's pretty bad press for an organisation as well, isn't it? If you have a one or more employees who have been suspended due to drugs or alcohol use. It's interesting to know how one handles that, really. It's private in that it's between the employer and the employee, but the rest of the yard will end up knowing something has happened because you'll have to fill a spot. Yeah, I mean, obviously, any sort of disciplinary process, and particularly something like this where you've got an employee that's or number of employees that have tested positive you want to ensure that it is kept as confidential as possible but that's not always going to be the case so it doesn't reflect well internally on the company but also for those more serious incidents where perhaps the police have been involved and arrived at the scene and drivers have been tested positive they're the ones that are more likely to appear in the press, for example. You want to be able to demonstrate that you've got set processes and policies in place to prevent your employee ending up in that situation, which has then resulted in bad press, shall we say, because they've been caught at the roadside. And finally, Heather, we haven't done this for a while, what are your top three tips in managing the situation well you know what i always say my number one tip will always be having a clear and robust policy in place of course i wouldn't think anything less (laughs) that's not kept in a drawer (laughs) that's not kept in a drawer gathering dust a living breathing a living breathing policy secondly probably training and education both both for your employees and your managers and i suppose thirdly keeping your eyes and ears to the ground if you don't want to see something you're not going to see it that's not going to be a valid (laughs) excuse in a scenario such as drugs and alcohol so you need to be aware of what's going on around you thanks heather see you next time see you next week